What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Brilliant Resilient Experience. One of the best years in combat sports you can possibly have. 4-0 in the year, fight of the year, candidate, re-knockouts, rookie of the year, hopefully fighter of the year. I'm coming after all the, all the awards this year. Today we have a very special guest. He is a bare-knuckle boxer professional MMA fighter with a record of 22 and 11, 33 professional MMA fights, a Marine veteran, just an all around impressive guy and somebody who really embodies discipline, resilience, and just an incredible work ethic. I'm so excited to bring him on for the second time on the podcast, and I'm sure it's going to be an incredible conversation once again. So I'm really excited to bring on the new Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship Bantamweight Champion, Keith the Rockstar Richardson. What's up, champ? What's up? Yeah, sorry. What's my your voice belt? My voice is gone. I, uh, oh, I, no. I was fighting last night. So I scream myself hoarse. <laughs> you had to scream at him? Yeah, but did great. We went three and one, one on the night. Nice. And lost, uh, was an awesome fight. That's awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, even though your vo- my voice is kind of, well, it's starting to come back, but a couple days ago, I was kind of in the same boat, so <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I, I I don't know if you want to do it or if you just want to reschedule and or I I'm up for either one either way. It's up to you, man. Whatever sure. you want to do, oh. we can try to tough it out. But it's your call. You're the no, champ. I'm, I'm here for you. <laughs> All right, we'll do it. Well, I'm sure we'll bring you on again sometime too. So you're gonna be a recurring guest on my show. <laughs> I love that. That wasn't even a question. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Well, I'm glad you came back on. I'm so excited. Um, Your fight was awesome, man. That was so cool watching you. Uh, I don't even know how to put it into words. (laughs) It was just so awesome. I mean, I expected you to win, obviously, but man, you didn't have a bad moment in that fight. Like It was just, it was incredible. I want to appreciate it. Just, uh, just felt confident. Felt, felt good going in. Yeah, trusted in the work that I've been doing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So how do you feel? How, what, what is the emotion like? I guess like right after and then now it's kind of settled in a little bit. It's been what? A week? A little over a week? Yeah. So like a week and a day, a day or two. Um, like right after was just, you know, super emotional. Um, like I still can't even watch like after the fight without getting, uh, like, you know, a little, uh, choked up. Um, just because like, I know who I was looking for after the fight and it just, uh, yeah, like you can see, I was just looking up the whole time and just very emotional at that point. Yeah. This, uh, you know, that's the guy that I always, like, you know, it was the first one that I'm always looking for after a fight was the first guy that, you know, I wanted to run up and give a hug to. So 
you know, it was just a very emotional time, like immediately after. But uh, yeah, I got then. Then the gravity of like what ha happened like set in, and I just was elated, like you know, at switch you can do it so close to home, so everybody got to be part of that moment. It was uh, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. The crowd was going crazy for you. <laughs> that was amazing. It's just got, that uh, had to be unreal. I've got some good crazy supporters. Uh they uh they always show up and show out. Yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> Hopefully I'll get to make it to the next one. That'd be that'd be amazing. Yep, yep, yep. You need to show up. I know. If I would have had more more time to prepare, I would have hopefully been able to make it. But yeah, uh, too bad I live so far away. <laughs> but that was awesome. Even just watching it on TV, though, I was like, I was, I jumped out of my chair. I was, I was so excited. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been more excited watching a fight before. It was so awesome. I was just like. I don't know. I guess just seeing someone who works so hard get to that point, you know, and, and be able to become the champion and get that belt wrapped around their waist. It's just, I don't know how to even describe it. it it's amazing. I love seeing hardworking people win, you know, and I think that's what made it even more exciting for me. Just knowing who you are as a person and, and getting to know you on our last episode and talking to you and, um, and seeing the work that you put in too, I mean, it, you're just a machine. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely takes a certain type of psycho to like because I didn't sleep at all um, after the fight. Like I went to the bar first, but then <laughs> um, like even even as soon as I got back to my room too, I was just. Uh, like I was wired and like I was getting so many messages and stuff like that. I wanted to at least try to respond to everybody that I could, like even even if it's just, you know, like a comment. And so I did that like until until morning, woke up. Well, didn't go to, like I said, I didn't go to sleep. But uh got up, drove straight to the gym from Columbia. I saw that. You're insane. So Trained a little bit, then I finally uh get, finally got back to the house. I um purchased the uh purchased the Volkanovski fight and wound up passing out for an hour just <laughs> at the co-main and uh main. So I didn't even like you know I paid paid for the pay per view, didn't get to watch it, and then I was really depressed when I woke up because Volkan lost. I know it was sad. And, uh, yeah, like you know, um, he's somebody that I like. Like, I think as far as champs go, I really like the way that like Volk's carried himself, how he's how he's done everything. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I've gotten the pleasure to talk to him uh, once or twice because uh, you know, he was coaching, and like, you know, I thanked him for uh, everything, like everything that he did with uh, Brian. Yeah, so like, That's you know, awesome. he was, you know, was super cool about it. So. Like, you know, I just, and I just really like the, uh, I really like the champ, the type of champ he is. Yeah. You guys are similar in a lot of ways. I feel like just the work ethic and also just being authentic too, and being, not being afraid to kind of show your emotion and 
um, open up about like things you're dealing with and, and stuff like that, like with your dad and that whole situation. And then he was opening up kind of after his fight about like his struggle with, you know, his mental health. And, um, I think that is something I really admire about, you know, a fighter because I feel like sometimes, you know, you have like your Colby Covington's who just like, you know, it's all like a fake persona and they never really kind of show who they really are, except for in very rare circumstances. And when a fighter is just like so real in themselves, it's hard not to be drawn to it. So uh, that's something that I feel like is a similarity. And then, all, of course, just you're an absolute badass. So there's that, too. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I, I've always believed like, you know, one night. <laughs> Uh, I've always believed like, you know, um one people that one thing that people uh pick up on easily and easily and uh can't stand is uh fakeness. Yeah. Um yeah, like plus you know I don't wanna I don't wanna live some false persona. Like I wanna I've always wanted to be me. I think uh like even even in my faults or my my problems, um, yeah, I think it uh shows strength to show weakness. It does. It really does. And your story will inspire people too. You know, it inspires me. I mean, I don't know how many times I went back and watched some of our clips just to get a little extra motivation for the day because it was like, okay, well, you know, I could make excuses or Okay, let me watch a clip of Keith talking and then oh oh okay, those excuses are gone now. <laughs> those excuses are out the window. It, but it does, it makes me work harder. And like I've had, you know, a couple people on my podcast, um, like Sam Primo, he's a, a bodybuilder, but he's uh paralyzed and is another example of somebody that I, I go back and watch clips and I I get so motivated and just being able to surround myself with people like you and and um and talk to you and and have the honor of having you on and and just getting to feel that motivation and inspiration it's huge and i think a lot of other people you know will feel that from you and i've said that before um and it's it's huge it really does <laughs> like it gets me fired up and uh there's days that i need that and it may be it may just be like a minute or 30 seconds but it makes a huge difference and um yeah, and and even just knowing that you're out there busting your ass, I'm like, oh man, I can't just stay in bed. You know, I got to get up and and get going, get moving, because <laughs> Keith's out there, you know, going straight from his fight, going back to the gym the next day. I'm like, God, making me look like a lazy person over here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give my fighters uh very um very much like ex room for excuses. Yeah. I try to set that high bar and lead from the front. Like, you know, that's why we, like, you know, we had another really successful night last night. Like I said, uh, we went three and one on the night, and even the uh, one that we lost was, uh, uh, you know, it was a great fight against the guy that, you know, I had a lot more experience than him. Um, yeah, because, yeah, I want, especially right now, because uh, all, all more amateur fighters, yeah, but they all have, next level potential uh you know especially in their pro career like you know when they're when, especially when they eventually turn pro so um oh, yeah 
Yeah, I want us to, like I, I tell my guys, I don't want uh, undefeated amateur fighters. Like, I want you to be tested, especially because you don't get to have the same pro career that you used to get in the past. Like, yeah. you know, UFC signs guys under under 10 fights now. Um, yeah. Where, where it used to be, like, you, you, aren't, you aren't making the show unless you had more than 20. Right. So, yeah, so now they need to be battle-hardened as soon as they, like, when they turn pro. So, like, you know, this, this was one of those challenging fights. Uh, kind of, like... But it kind of got a little screwed over too. Like um, he had uh, uh, in the, at the end of the first, he had the guy's back and had uh, was sinking in the choke, and whoever was uh, doing the timing, instead of hitting the uh, clacker, they hit the the horn, and ended the end of the round ten seconds early when he had a rear naked choke sunk in. Oh no! Yeah, and then the second round, yeah, like, you know, the guy wound up uh, turning around. Uh, catching him in a submission but it was uh wow. it was a great fight like you know i'm super proud of all my guys like yeah we have an amazing program amazing gym uh like yeah my my team is my family like yeah i can tell that was so cool after the fight when you were chanting that <laughs> that was so <laughs> awesome that was really cool just that whole post-fight interview was epic i i was fired oh. up when i was watching that that was awesome but that's another thing too is like not only are you a great fighter but you're a great coach too and it's just crazy how much you're able to do <laughs> it's absolutely insane i don't know how you do it i really don't sometimes i don't know how i do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't you ever get tired oh all the time all the time <laughs> Wow. I feel that. I'm I'm so sore today. I'm tired too. I did uh boxing and then legs yesterday and moved a bunch of stuff and oh my god, I'm so sore. My whole body is just like aching. <laughs> oh, we got the pup on today. Yeah, he's always been attacking Aww. me on the camera the whole time. So, yeah, I could hear him. <laughs> he just wanted to wanted to say hey to everyone. Yeah, he needs his fifteen minutes of fame. He can't let you get all of it. Yeah, this is Broly. <laughs> I'm a nerd what a guy. cutie! I named him after a Dragon Ball Z character. That's awesome. My dog's name's Dolly. She's named after Dolly Parton, but she's in the basement right now because. She can't behave herself. So well, neither can he. <laughs> so. Oh, if she was she would be on the desk if I let her come in here. She would just be <laughs> it would be a nightmare. <laughs> I have to put her away when I do the podcast, otherwise it's just absolute chaos. I let her um like roam free one time and I was doing oh. one with my friend and we were doing it like in my kitchen. And uh, she like climbed on my friend while we were talking, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh God!" So that was the end of that. Uh, <laughs> she lost her privileges after that one. She's trying to play fetch right now. <laughs> Did you watch uh, Francis and Gino last night? No, I was at the fight. Uh, I was at my guy's fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was but, on uh, kind of early. 
Yeah, like it was what it started, like the car started at like two or something like that. Yeah, I didn't even know it was starting that early. And then I just pulled it up on my phone because I was like, oh, I didn't know it was starting. Like, I had no idea. It's like, oh my gosh. But um, it was crazy. I mean, yeah. Fra- I thought Francis won the fight. Like, I mean, I don't really know boxing rules as well as I know MMA rules. So I don't feel like I can sit here and say it was a robbery or anything. Because I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to watch it again to really get like emotional about it. But at the same time, it's like Tyson Fury was supposed to win. Like Tyson Fury was supposed to just run through Francis. So I'm like, that's crazy. That is yeah. so crazy. Uh, yeah, finally, it, it, an MMA fighter wins a, a boxing fight. Finally. Gosh. After Jake Paul just kind of uh, <laughs> embarrassed Ben Askren and, and Tyron and... Yeah, um, finally, it's good to see an MMA fighter uh, win a boxing match, especially a big one like that. Um, yeah. That was just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is going on? He dropped him in the third round. It was unbelievable. Like, that was like, that was pretty much what, like, everybody, I think most people thought, like, you know, like, Francis would, Francis's only chance was to catch him early, but, like, for it to be that close of a decision, like, and for them to go the distance, like, you know, that's, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. It's insane. He's, he's another fighter that has a really interesting story too. And, um, I'm, I'm happy to see it. I mean, I feel like it couldn't happen to a better person, you know, and just everything that he's gone through. And then when everybody was saying he fumbled the bag and now he's just like kind of laughing at everybody. <laughs> like, like he bet on himself and and it paid off. And, and I feel like that's just, it's inspiring. It really is. Cause you know, sometimes it's hard because you do have people that are in your ear and they're like, Oh, this isn't going to work or you can't do that or whatever. And like when Dana was talking to him and, uh, and when he went to PFL and, you know, they were saying all kinds of stuff and, and then now to see him, uh, really get the bag, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, probably going to get some more bags later. So, uh, that's exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah. So it's, it's always, it's always a crazy thing to, uh, like, you know, go against like, you know, what most people would think and bet on yourself and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, just get outside that comfort zone and just yeah. uh go for it. Like yeah, that's kind of what I it's kind of what I did with BKFC. You know, um you know, everything was getting you know stagnant for me as far as MMA and uh you know, I, I didn't feel like I, I had too many options to go and then yeah, you know, I, I just you know kind of decided to give uh give bare knuckle boxing a, a shot and like especially when everybody always thought of me as a submission fighter i think i got like you know 16 submission victories uh yeah. and, and so like you know, everybody always thought of me like like you're doing bare knuckle boxing I'm like i'm like yeah my stand-up's a lot better than you think <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, did people think you were crazy when you decided you were gonna do it? Um, 
Yes and no. Like, I think a lot of people are just like, you know, surprised was like, or they thought it was going to be like a one time thing or something like, you know, I was just trying to, uh, or I just, you know, needed money or something like that. I, like, I, I don't know. Like, it was, I was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's a little crazy, but, you know, you're a little crazy. So, like, have that fun, makes I guess. Sense. Like, but, uh, I, I didn't get uh, too much like, you know, guys like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, everybody knows um, what kind of fighter I am. So, like, yeah. but I've always had, but like, um, everybody really respected my stand up. But yeah, you know, I was just always known for for, some, for being a submission guy and a wrestler and like grappler. Yeah, yeah, I saw that when I was looking at your record. You got a lot of submissions. That's yeah, that's impressive that you not only have that kind of a resume in MMA, but then to be four and oh and bkfc now the champ that's uh, freaking awesome that's quite the resume man just saying <laughs> i think i think you might be like probably the most underrated fighter in combat sports right now in my opinion <laughs> like i am surprised that more people don't know who you are it's mind-boggling to me well now uh now it's rated at least as the champ um but yeah that's what that's one of been one of my big big things like and so i got I've got to take some some responsibility for it. Like, you know, there, there were a couple of like moments in my career where I had a lot of momentum and like, and I, and I took like a, a, a crazy shot or um, just did, did something stupid or, or, you know, or just flat out, um, you know, took an L where, where I didn't need to be taking an L and like didn't take fight seriously or something like that. So there were a lot of times where I kind of almost reset my own momentum, but uh like you know I, I fought uh you know i was on a pretty decent streak and then like i fought tony gravely on uh like two days notice yeah. i was just like he was in the ufc right yeah yeah, yeah. he's um, good like yeah like yeah you know, um so like yeah i just took a fight for elephant like two days notice and it was uh like almost won, like dropped him twice and like, you know, had him in a couple of submissions, but wound up losing the decision. Yeah. So that kind of, and then he got, that was uh, right before he got signed by the UFC. Oh, of course. Plenty of moments like that. Uh, like, yeah. you know, I bought Charles Rosa at like 155 pounds. Jeez. So opponent, like my opponent pulled, uh, pulled, uh, pulled out. So I like bumped up and then like, Sure, shit. He gets signed after that. Yeah, it's crazy. You fought so many people that have been in like Bellator and UFC, but you never fought in the UFC. But you were fighting guys that were at that level anyway. So it's like, it's insane. Yeah, like I've got wins over several guys in the UFC and stuff like that. Just uh, like yeah, that was that was always been like my mo. Like you know, like he's like one of the best fighters in the South that has never fought in the UFC. You know, in Tampology, yeah. we always ranked like you know in the top five, top ten in the nation, like outside of the UFC, and just you know, I never got the opportunity. So it was just kind of, uh, you know, kind of, kind of got frustrating. You know, then like guys started realizing like, yeah, we shouldn't fight this guy because he'll try to take us, take our spot. So like, you know, I was having trouble getting matchups, having trouble. Yeah, getting the fights that I needed to get to that next level. Right. 
Yeah. And that's the thing that a lot of people kind of don't realize like behind the scenes is it's more than just your skill set getting to the UFC. There's so many other factors that go into it, like building your career and your record and your opponents. And a lot of guys have to take short notice fights. Like I know fighters that like, you know, they're hot, really high level black belts. And so it's like impossible for them to get fights and, or it's impossible for them to get fights that aren't like short notice or like two weight classes above, you know, like <laughs> crazy yeah. stuff that they shouldn't be doing. So it's yeah. like, there's stuff that goes on behind the scenes. It's just like, people don't understand. And, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. Like my last three, three or four, four, like, MMA fights were two and a half weeks notice, two weeks notice, three weeks notice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. But, yeah. Cause I haven't lost, I haven't lost a fight since 2018. Yeah. And that, that was a petty mix, which is right. Which is a tough fight. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. Your resume is crazy. I, I've been saying that since I kind of found out about you. I was like, wait, who is this guy? I'm like, why? Why didn't I know who this guy was before? I'm like, this is crazy. And it's funny because I didn't even know who you were until you were in BKFC. And I'm yeah. like, that's wild. Like, and I watch a lot of MMA. So I'm like, that's just crazy to me that your name never popped up. I never discovered you before. And, and then now, but you're in BKFC, but I feel like a lot of people maybe are the same way with Mike Perry, um, and like some other fighters in BKFC that were in the UFC before, like now they're getting a lot more spotlight, um, and attention. Um, so it's really cool. I, I really, I really like what they're doing. Man, they've got a lot of crazy stuff going on at BKFC, like the Thailand, uh, yeah. coming up. I think that's what, like in a couple weeks or something, and then uh, yeah. Perry versus Alvarez. God. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing, wild. they're doing some big things and some crazy things. And like, yeah, they're not they're not uh afraid to take some chances and like match up crazy fights. Um yeah. yeah, uh I'm really interested to see that uh that PKC tie style. Yeah. Are there like, is that like a special rule set for that? Is it like yeah, yeah, they're, they're, um, yeah, they're allowing like you know the knees, elbows, punches, kicks. Um, they're adapting the clinching rules, like where they're uh, like it's got to be active clinch, and they um, like I think they have like time limits on it a little bit to where they're not just sitting there. Um, right. Like, Clinch is going to be a little, little modified. Um, and I'm trying to think what, what, what the other, other aspects of the rules are that like are slightly different. But, yeah, uh, that's an interesting thing about BKFC. And I was listening to Rogan um, yesterday, and he had Dan Henderson on, and he was talking about BKFC because Rogan was like, "Hey, would you ever do BKFC?" And um, he was talking about how he likes the rule set because of like the dirty boxing. Um, and I didn't really think about that, but I guess it's a different, a slightly different rule set than regular boxing with, um, the, the clinch. Yeah. Um, you're, you're allowed to clinch like, uh, with one hand and it's gotta be active clinch. 
Um, like, but you're allowed to pull the head down, which you're not allowed to do on boxing, and like throw uppercut mm -hmm. there. Uh, you can underhook. Um, you know, you can kind of press them against the ro ropes and like you know, uh, kind of work a little bit like clinch like that, especially if you get the head position under the chin, throwing right there. Um, yeah, yeah. So like that, that's one of the reasons why like you know some of the uh, MMA guys have done, like adapted really well to it. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, you're only allowed to like you can't double tie clinch. You've got to have one hand free to punch. I see. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I noticed. Um, in the Kroom Soto fight, Kroom was using that a lot in that fight, and I was like, oh, I don't really see this in boxing. In um, I thought it was really interesting. I was like, is this legal? I was I wasn't sure if it was one hundred percent legal. I was like, what is going on? And then I was like, oh, I guess this is like a different rule set um which that was a banger of a fight oh my god uh tony really messed him up geez <laughs> yeah, yeah that was uh, awesome did tony be doing um yeah like tony came down to the gym a lot to, uh like get ready for this fight like you know it was, it was great like you know i had a bunch of the guys from the card coming by the gym and getting you know getting some extra work that's awesome yeah. Yeah, that was that was a great main and co-main event. Like, couldn't have asked for a better main and co-main. It was just fireworks. It was awesome. I was at the edge of my seat in in that fight. Oh my gosh, I was just like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is such a good fight. Like, I knew it would probably be a good fight, but man, yeah, it was. I mean, I, I, and when they were reading off the judges' scorecards, I think the commentators were like, "Oh, we'll see who won." The and I was like, "Oh no, Tony's got this in the bag." I was like, he won that. He won every round, in my opinion. But um, just off of damage alone, I mean, he did a lot of damage uh, yeah. in that fight. It was crazy. But it was it was competitive. It was crazy. And just the two different styles, too. Like, Kroom with more of, like, the clinch and dirty boxing style. And then Tony's a little bit more of, like, technical boxer. So seeing them two styles kind of clash was really interesting. And um, is that something that you're kind of... Um, I mean, I've seen you use that a little bit in, in your fights, especially in like the Scoggins fight using the clinch. Is that something that you're kind of, um, you know, thinking about with some potential upcoming matchups is kind of preparing for fighters utilizing that in, in the fights. And what do you think um, about that? Yeah. Uh, yes and no. Like, um, like I think, it's one of those things where like uh, I'm actually like, you know, I've always been very good in the clinch and stuff like that. Like, um, like, you know, uh, like, you know, part of uh, the game plan um, in the, like in the uh, last fight was, was to establish the clinch, clinch a little bit, just, just to let him know that he doesn't want to do it with me. Yeah. Um, like, you yeah, know, you're, you're showing him that you have different attacks and different threats. Like, yeah, like you know, I'm, I've kind of got freakish strength for my size. Like, yeah, you know, like they're, you have they're, freakish they're, power too. Yeah, like there, there are guys that like you know, that like when I'm grappling and stuff like that, that like you know, they're middleweights and they're like, Jesus Christ, you're strong, bro. Like, <laughs> like I don't like I don't like grabbing a hold of you. Like, <laughs> so like you know, like like when you like when you watch, I just kind of threw them against the ropes and just like yeah. That was part that was planned out. Like my corner's like, is like I didn't want you to push them across the room, 
ring or he's like, I want you to grab, like, if he grabs you, I want you to throw him against the ropes just so he knows that is not what he wants to do with you. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, it's one of those things where you don't see it see it as, as much, but I like, you know, I like, love fighting in the clinch, you know, I just beat people up in the clinch. Um, but it's one of those things where you don't see it because it's like people realize it's not a good, it's not a good path for them. Yeah. But. Yeah, that, um, that performance was just amazing. And you, um, you used a lot of the stance switching, which you always pretty much do, but I noticed that like a couple of those knockdowns were from Southpaw. You're, you're dangerous from both stances, but yeah, I was just, I don't know. I was really impressed with, with a lot of the combinations you threw. And there was one that you threw, I think it was the first knockdown in the second round. I want to say, I'm trying to think. Um, and I watched it back literally like 20 times to try to figure out what you threw. And I couldn't even see it because it was so fast. Like, uh, uh, yeah, that was like right off the scratch. Uh, that little, that little hook. Yeah. Like when you tried, to, you tried to step in with a jab and I just, my foot was already uh, to the outside, you know, with him being a southpaw and stuff like that. And it was just a little, when he tried to step in, it was just that little hook, caught him right in the eye, like dropped him like a, two seconds into the, into the second round. Um, yeah. Like, you know, the, yeah, the big thing about, um, especially like, you know, with my ability to switch is like, I dropped him with both hands from two different stances. Yeah. I noticed so that. He, so he was pretty much fighting two, like two guys in there. Like I, I didn't fight him. I jumped him. He's right. fighting Keith Richardson one and Keith Richardson two. <laughs> so like, I, like, I, I'm like, I, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not fighting you. I'm jumping you. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you're fight. You, you have to fight two fighters in there. Yeah. Uh, and both of them have a lot of power and a lot of, uh, a lot of skill. Like, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't even know which, which stance I'm better at at this point. Well, I noticed two of your knockdowns were in Southpaw. So I don't know. I mean, I think you're incredible in both stances, but yeah, I mean, I've seen you really do some serious damage from Southpaw. Um, and it was the last fight that was the stance you were in when you knocked him out. And then this one, did you get three or four knockdowns in the Reggie fight? Uh, three knockdowns on Reggie. Um, yeah, yeah so that. two out of three were from Southpaw. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe you are a southpaw. <laughs> Maybe you've just been in the wrong stance this whole time. <laughs> no, you're you're great from both stances. It's it's really cool, and that throws people off so much. Like I remember the first time I sparred somebody who switches stances, and I just got worked because I had no idea. I I, I kept circling to their power hand because I didn't realized they were switching stances because they would throw like i just didn't even i couldn't even tell and i was new to sparring too um and this kid was like on his way to becoming like a pro boxer so it was, <laughs> he was like way more skilled than me but uh yeah but i learned a lot from it and i'm glad i sparred with him and i'm glad i i got to get rounds in with people like that because it gave me a lot of really good experience and, um, but yeah, that was one thing I noticed. And I remember going to my coach 
like a couple days later, I was like, dude, I just got worked by this like 18 year old kid who was switching stances. I'm like, what happened? He's like, oh, were you circling, you know, to the right? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, well, he switched stances on you. You were circling literally into his power hand. I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> but I didn't know, you know, it threw me off. Keep you on your toes, like, because you're going to have, like, you got to gotta watch what they're doing because if you don't pick up pick up on the switch yeah you're gonna you're gonna yeah you gotta watch their you gotta watch their shoulders and their feet Mm because i want to pay attention to where you're going man like yeah it threw me off it was crazy but it it takes a long time to perfect something like that and uh like the biggest thing is your your it'll it'll mess up your defense uh like at first when you're um when you're first trying to learn it it's it's a lot easier to be offensive when you're switching um yeah but every like defense everything is reactionary so right. when you invert when you invert your the controllers and everything's reactionary you know you're gonna walk like early on you're gonna walk into some big shots and stuff like that yeah. uh like when i first started imp- implementing like you know I, there were a couple times where i did where i got like dropped because I inverted the controllers, didn't didn't pick up on something or did something slightly off, ate a big shot. Um, and the other thing is there are too many people that like like this is one of the big things that uh like I preach at my gym. I'm like I'm like we're not switching we're not switching to cover up your bad footwork. Right. Like you know there are plenty of guys that like, they'll switch stances just because they're lunging forward and like they're off balance and they're getting led around by their hands instead of their feet leading their hands. They're, you know, they're, they're just getting drug around by their own punches. So they're switching because their feet are out of place. That's not what we're looking for. That's not what we want. We want to switch because we're gaining a tactical advantage. Right. So yeah. Pre- when we were talking about that a little bit, cause I was, um, I was in class a couple weeks ago and we were, doing some drills in the opposite stance. And um, that was one thing I noticed was more difficult when I was kind of practicing it on the bag. Cause when I do bag work, I like to move around and, you know, kind of work on my footwork. And um, I noticed that when I was in the other stance, I was, it was easier to like cross my feet and like do kind of things wrong. And slipping was like, felt really weird (laughs) and like duck unders and stuff like that. I was like, well, I was like, this is way more than just throwing punches. Like this is, you have to really kind of relearn uh, yeah. the whole game from, from another stance. It's crazy. Yeah. I did like stuff is like for a while I was doing stuff exclusively as a Southpaw. <laughs> yeah. Get it, like get it down, get it set. Like, you know, I still have still like, you know, I try to drill as much, you know, from Southpaw as I do orthodox and stuff like that uh plus you know i always gotta uh you know good thing about coaching is like you know sometimes my fighters have southpaw fighters so i got you know having to hold and stuff like that uh as southpaw like you know is takes a lot of it takes a lot of work and it takes like you know um helps set it more into my brain yeah yeah, I'm hoping that's something I can kind of help with at my gym is me being a southpaw, just kind of helping with fighters and 
people who want to train with a southpaw. I'm hoping that will kind of help help the gym out. Um, even though I'm I'm small, I'm only five one, so I don't know how many five foot one opponents they might have. <laughs> but they can at least get used to the southpaw. Um, cause there's, I mean, there's more southpaws now. I feel like than there used to be, but um, there's still not a ton. Like especially in certain gyms, sometimes like certain gyms have a ton of southpaws and then some gyms have like no southpaws. Like we, we only have maybe a handful of southpaws at our gym. Um, but my old gym, we had a ton of southpaws. So it's like, it, it just depends. And, but it's always good to have, uh, southpaws to train with or, or just people with different styles too, you know, and, um, just to help out and, um, help people prepare for their fights and get that work in. So I'm hoping that that will help my gym and, honestly anything i i can do to help my gym because i just see how hard the fighters work and um it's it's cool to see it's really cool and and you know that very well because you own a gym so you see all the work they put in and even the amateur fighters like honestly some of the amateur fighters work harder than the pro fighters because not only are they fighting amateur but like a lot of them have full-time jobs and stuff at the same time (laughs) oh yeah no like yeah they uh they, like yeah they've got to work twice as hard you know um, i always say you know you train to the level that you want to be at not the level that you're at yeah um like you know i've been training like a world champ for a long time i you know, can now tell I, now i gotta train now i gotta train like the goat yeah exactly. that, that's the next that's the next step that i want to want to achieve you know i want to get get that goat status yeah you know, really? i've I've already, you know, set a good foundation. I, you know, I think this one, one of the, one of the best years that, you know, so, one of the best years in combat sports you can possibly have. Yeah. Because what is that? Four wins this year for you? Well, four and zero in the year. Fight of the year. Uh, candidate. Wow. Um, yeah. Three knockouts. Um, yeah. So rookie of the year. Hopefully, fighter of the year. I'm, I'm, I think I'm you coming. Deserve it. I'm coming after all the all the awards this year. <laughs> um, That's awesome. So, well, you definitely yeah. earned it for sure. But you know, you train like if you're an amateur fighter and you're not training training like a pro, you're going to be a step behind when you actually turn pro. Yep, a hundred percent. You train to the level that you want to be, not the level that you're at. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, well, that's so exciting. And I noticed you, um, you've um, you been parading your belt around quite a bit, and I'm happy for you. <laughs> that's yeah, freaking awesome. <laughs> it, it, it drives, like, uh, in the passenger seat of my car, and uh, we, we sleep together every night, and we've uh, made, a, made a trip or two to the to the local strip club to, um, <laughs> you know, we're putting people through college. <laughs> um, it's definitely, uh, it's my, it's my baby. Have you named the belt? Uh, I, you know, I, I, like, I need to have like oh. a, uh, maybe, maybe I'll do like a poll or something like that. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, yeah. You know, like I named the belt poll. Although I was, I was yeah. pissed off, I was pissed off the other day. Um, I was at uh, Wayans for the uh, fights. I had to 
had to break two heavyweights up. Saw that. And belt hit the ground. I was I was not happy you about that. You gotta be that. careful, man. You gotta be careful. That's your baby. Uh, not. Uh, that's awesome yeah i saw that it just made me laugh like you had yeah. the belt in your in your uh passenger seat and then you had it in the bed i was just dying I'm like oh this guy's so awesome <laughs> that's the thing too like not only are you a badass in like all the you know cool aspects of fighting and all that but you're hilarious you're so funny <laughs> you got to do stand-up comedy one day that's one of your side quests. Yep, yep. I'm definitely gonna. Uh, I'm working on material. <clears throat> I, I, love got, it. I, got to, I got to see one of the true goats. Uh, um, do it uh, last week. I got to go see uh, Dave Chappelle. Oh yeah, that was. I've never seen was, him live. I've always wanted to. Neither have I. Uh, like yeah, that's the first time I've ever seen him live. Like first time I've ever been to like an arena show, comedy show. It's like it's cool. Like it's it's crazy. Like you know, I love the uh, like I love going to see guys in comedy clubs. Yeah, especially, especially when you get them before like they blow up. Like I remember I saw uh, Burt Kreischer, um, and it was in like a small. It was at like a place called the Comedy Zone, so it was like a smaller club type venue. Oh wow! Where, like you know, nice. you had like hundred interaction and like those are always like really cool. Now that like you know, he does those big arena shows and stuff like that which is awesome but like you know i like that kind of personal like you know feel like of a, like a smaller comedy club yeah but like being in the spectrum center and it was packed was kind of crazy and surreal oh i imagine yeah it's a different vibe it's it's cool um the the intimate shows at you know like like you were saying, like a comedy club and there's a lot more crowd work and, um, interaction and, um, it just feels more like you're involved in it. And then, but the arena shows are really cool. Cause it's just like a different energy. Like the energy is just unreal. And then there's so many people laughing at the same time. It's the coolest thing ever. Cause it's just yeah. like a bunch of people just laughing together. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, like it almost like those big arena shows almost has like that like that energy, like that electricity like a, of a fight. So like yeah, yeah it just kind of gets you amped up, like you know but amped up to <laughs> to laugh. Oh yeah. I love going to comedy shows. I just went to one um, I don't know, like a month or so ago, uh local comedian Max Price. I'm actually gonna bring him on the podcast um and in a in a couple months because he's releasing his first special um here soon so that's really exciting but um yeah it was really cool and it's cool to see local comics too especially when they're kind of on the rise because you just never know i mean he's had a couple clips that went really viral and um and that's kind of how a lot of comedians are getting successful now is with their their social media clips and um like matt reif is a perfect example of that like he kind of blew up from his clips and it's cool. It's really cool. It's a different uh, time for comedy, for sure, because yeah. it's not like the old days where you just literally um, I mean, they still obviously do the same thing where they're just constantly grinding. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, but then yeah. now they're doing the social media on top of it, which kind of helps speed up the process a little bit if you're good, you know, if you're yeah. uh, somebody who catches people's attention. But now it's more competitive too because there's so many more comics. Yeah. Yeah, That's everybody's you know, fighting for attention. Uh, yeah, and then like it seems like uh, like in podcasts and stuff like that, I've gotten pretty instrumental in it. Like, you know, helping people uh, like get ahead in comedy or or some guys like, you know, are doing comedy to start their like podcast and stuff like that. Like it's a next step for like a, uh, a lot of comics and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, and there's yeah. some guys, there's some guys that are like super funny on podcasts and then like they're um, like their standup, like isn't near like to me, it's like there, there are some people like their standup isn't nearly as funny as just them being themselves on like a podcast. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, and like, and they're Theo, still Theo like, Bond, like for hilarious. Me, one, one of those guys, like like yeah, like he's he's, he's got good standup, but he's always ten times more funny when oh. he's just being himself, like on on like people's podcasts. Like yeah, like he, he like he's one of those guys. Like he's one of the funniest people on the planet. And it's almost better when he's not trying to be and he's just being himself on like a podcast. Yeah. Oh, Theo's hilarious. <laughs> I'm a big Theo fan. Everybody kind of knows that. I'm a huge Theo fan. But I, I'm just a big comedy fan in general. I've been into comedy for a long time. Like, I always tell people, like, because they kind of ask me, like, you know, why'd you start podcasting and why'd you start all this stuff? And it, it really didn't even come from MMA. Uh, MMA is just a passion of mine that I just naturally started talking about on my podcast and then it kind of evolved and then I started the MMA one and then I started having fighters on. So it kind of just grew. But um, my inspiration for starting it came from Joe Rogan. Um, like I, I started listening to Joe Rogan's comedy when I was like 10 years old. So <laughs> I was like, I was a huge fan from when I was a kid and then, uh, and I was a fan of a bunch of other comedians too, um, like uh, Doug Stanhope and um, Jim Gaffigan is another one that I liked when I was younger. And um, there's a ton of other ones I could name, Dave Chappelle, obviously. But that was a huge part of what inspired me to start my podcast was Joe Rogan. And then as it kind of started to evolve with like the MMA stuff, then I kind of saw the vision of like, oh, I could kind of do something similar to what Joe Rogan has done with his. And basically what he's done is created a platform to kind of help just get attention to other people who are doing really cool things like fighters, comedians, um, scientists, all kinds. I mean, he has all kinds of different people on his show, um, which that's kind of what I'm starting to do. I'm starting to have... Um, and I, I've had other people on besides fighters, um, but it's been mostly fighters just since that's like the realm I'm mostly in, but I'm starting to have like more and more guests that are from different, uh, backgrounds and different, um, industries. So like I have a chef coming on and I have a comedian coming on and bodybuilder and all different kinds of people. So it's really cool. And I think that part of it too helps to get exposure for the fighters. Cause if I only had fighters on, then only MMA people are going to watch my podcast. Yeah. But if I have other people on, then people from outside of the sport will watch it. And then they'll get exposed to people like you and other fighters that I've had on 
and then they'll turn into hopefully an MMA fan or a combat sports fan. And I, yeah. I've even had people tell me like people that I grew up with or people that I uh, worked with before, just people that I know they're like, yeah, I actually started getting into MMA from your podcast because you just kind of explain it in a different way that makes sense. And hearing from the fighters and hearing all their different stories is like really cool. So I don't know. It's really, it's, it's fun. I, I'm excited about it. Cause it kind of just, I feel like I've started to kind of gain some more momentum lately with it and really starting to dial in and, and figure out what is like the purpose behind this. And, and that's really what it is, is, and that's why I have amateur fighters. I have pro fighters. I have all kinds of different fighters on. Cause I just want, you know, them to be able to tell their story and kind of look at maybe like, humanizing them a little bit more because from outside of the sport i feel like a lot of people think it maybe is like a little barbaric or there's certain reasons why they hesitate from watching mma or combat sports but then when they kind of see the more human side and they see the work that goes into it they see this the technical side of it the sport athletic side of it then they realize it's more than just fighting it's more than just two people throwing down like it's way more than that and that's what makes this uh sport so great i think i would do agree with that statement yeah it's pretty cool yeah it, it's just it's awesome to see like i said people like you winning and having so much success and and you're off to have even more success i think and it's going to be really cool to see how far you can take it. I'm interested to see how far I can take it too. Yeah. yeah. I think you can take it pretty far. <laughs> I have faith in you. <laughs> or my body will let me go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause well, at least with bare knuckle, like you said uh, on the last show, um, you don't have as much of the grappling and stuff to, to worry about. So it doesn't wear your body down as much, but you're still getting punched in the face. So. Plus I still gotta, still gotta do it anyway. Cause I gotta train all, all the, all the idiots at my gym. So I still get plenty <laughs> of grappling, plenty of wrestling, plenty of cage work. Right. Do you think, um, I kind of thought of this question, uh, yesterday when I was listening to Dan Henderson on, on Rogan, do you think MMA fighters or boxers have more success in BKFC? Um, you know, it's uh, most like one most of the guys that have had success um have some degree of uh MMA. Like, yeah, they might have like they might have been like a mix, of, but I think MMA fighters have have predominantly had more success than like uh the boxers and stuff like that even uh like even like some of the higher level guys um you know like you had uh paulie maginati or uh however you pronounce his name um when he fought like artem lobolf yeah uh yeah like you know he, he was a uh, you know world championship level boxer uh you know and he got beat by artem uh believe Arden won that fight he sure did well yeah it's so different with not having the gloves too like um even just simple things like parrying and blocking and that kind of stuff is so much different when you have gloves on yeah, yeah. like 
between this and this, it makes a big difference in how you're throwing and stuff like that. Just and just the the intensity, like you know, the intensity of an MMA fight, you know, is generally a lot more intense than like a boxing fight. Like, yeah, pain level involved. Sure. Like, you know, like you know, if you if you if you've done MMA, you know, you've, you've taken kicks, knees, and elbows to the head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like you know, uh, uh, there, what do you think would happen if uh francis did bkfc um as long as he didn't break like as long as he didn't break his hands like you know that that that'd be a scary individual like you know he's proved he proved that he can go toe-to-toe with the best heavyweight boxer and fury it's crazy so, like yeah like that's i would like he literally just went in there made his boxing debut against one of the best boxers of all time it's insane yeah I'm like was, that's just nuts and he's six foot up. nine and tall had a reach advantage and a height advantage on him too yeah it was a what, split decision yeah like, yeah that's insane like uh so i would Crazy. like like he would be destroying people like I think it might be actual murder. <laughs> that is a scary thought. Isn't it? I was thinking about that last night. I was like, man, what would happen? Like, I don't even think they should allow it. <laughs> I think that might be too much. Like, that's the thing that could, like, yeah, like, that can kind of end a sport. Like, <laughs> <laughs> watch that to watch that man just beat somebody to death on on tv yeah the whole heavyweight division just retires Ah. (laughs) like see you later i'm moving down to light heavyweight (laughs) that'd be insane i was thinking too i'm like i i don't know like it really does make the john jones fight even more interesting now because it's like i think francis could beat him I really do. And I've been saying that since we were talking about that fight from the get-go, I was like, I, I just, I've never really doubted Francis in MMA. I kind of doubted him in the boxing fight just because it's Tyson Fury. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go for him, you know? But in MMA, I've never really had a doubt about him. I've always thought he was just an absolute killer. And um, I think, he, I to this day, still think he's the guy that could beat John Jones. I really do. But I don't know if we'll ever see it happen, unfortunately. Especially now that Jones is injured. Yeah. Um, yeah, he yeah, like, you know, especially with his with, with his unreal power and stuff like that. He definitely yeah. has the ability to to hurt anybody, anybody. Like there's oh yeah, nobody there. <laughs> there's nobody that, that's immune to that type of power. No. So, like, I, yeah. I think uh yeah, like John Jones is without a doubt one of the great. Oh one, yeah, absolutely. Is one of if not the goat. Um, so it's just, yeah, he he definitely has the ability to, you know, to find a way to win. Like, yeah, he's never lost. Right. Yeah, he For has sure. he had, has he had rough performances. Has he had times where he's like, you know, he's under the gun. Um, you know, as he had to, as he had to come back through adversity, yeah. But you know, he's the goat for a reason. He finds a way to win. But it's just 
when when somebody's got that one hit hour yeah like the fight can hit end at any time yeah because even though gone has really really good striking he doesn't have the same kind of power that francis has he's a lot more like a technical counter striker kickboxer So I didn't really see him being able to knock Jones out in that fight. I thought he might be able to outpoint him if that he could keep it on the feet. But of course, he got taken down like immediately. So <laughs> that didn't play out very well for him. But but with Francis, it's a whole different ball game because, yeah, even like the first 20 seconds of the fight, you're at risk of just being your lights just shut out completely. So. It's interesting. It's really interesting, especially after seeing him drop Tyson like that. I'm like, Jesus. Okay, I'm back in business. There we are. Yeah, it does that sometimes. It's so annoying. I need to, get, there's like a workaround for it. I have to get this thing, but it's just, I haven't done it yet because I procrastinate. Uh, one of these days, I will do it. But, um, Man, it's been great talking to you. I'm so excited for you. Again, I've said this like 3,000 times already, but I'm so happy for you. It's so cool to see you with that belt. It's awesome. How soon do you think you're going to fight again? Um, You know, man, I, I want to be active. I want to uh, fight as much as possible. Like, you know, I'm not looking to be a stagnant uh, champ. You know, I'm not looking to sit on the belt. I'm looking to defend it. Um so I think uh I think I've done enough for the year, especially the others. Um, yeah, I know there's gonna be a little lull in December anyway for BKFC. So um after the new year, looking to looking to get right back in there and uh find me a dance partner. We'll see who's willing to step up and step up and you know take a shot at it. But nice. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hungrier to, to defend what I've got than, uh, than I was to even get it in the first place. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, don't want to, uh, the idea of somebody coming in and taking what's mine doesn't sit right with me. It's a good mentality to have. Yeah. And I feel like you're the type of person too, that's just like never satisfied. So like, once you hit one level, you're like, okay, next level, let's go to the next one and the next one and the next one. <laughs> like that's how you gotta be, you know, that's, that's how progress is made. You gotta keep re- like, you know, you, you reach your goal. All right. Now you gotta, I mean, you just gotta set the next one. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, hopefully the next one isn't too far away so I can go. Cause I want, I have, like after watching it on TV the last time I was like, man, I wish I could have made it there. <laughs> it just looked like the energy just looked unreal. So I'm hoping that it's somewhere that isn't too far so I can, uh, I can make it in person. Cause I really do want to go to a BKFC event and just in general too. Um, but I really would like to go to one of yours, uh, obviously. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It it just seems really cool. It just seems really fun. Like just a fun atmosphere. Oh yeah, it is. It's definitely like different. Like and it's even like, you know, uh you know, the fans are always great, super supportive. Um, just uh like the energy is like way different. The pacing is so much like the pacing's real uh a lot di- different. Like there's just like no lulls in the action. Yeah. Um, Unlike the yeah. Tyson Fury thing. 
yeah like that, you know, or, or, that that event i heard there was like a lot of uh like lulls in um and even like pfl that's kind of one of my uh i guess frustrations with their events too is that there is a lot of time where you're just kind of looking at the cage and you're like what's going on yeah. <laughs> yeah, so i like that about bkfc it's just like back to back to back yeah like you know they don't have like a bunch of like fight video buildups and commercials and this and that like like they just run through the run through the car and get like get the fighters out there so it just has a different flow and then just when, when you go and see it in person just the sound oh yeah well even like the walkouts are really cool like your walkout was freaking epic that was so awesome you got some moves man <laughs> Right. that's the footwork like you know i i dance like i fight <laughs> and i fight like i dance <laughs> that was so awesome yeah that was and even reggie's walkout was really fun too like i i loved it that that was almost as fun as watching the fights like it, it was really cool just seeing like all the personality too of all the different fighters and um i love how they do the walkouts it's it's really cool um so yeah, I really want to go. So you'll have to let me know when your next fight is and where it is. Um, so I can hopefully plan on making it. Um, cause I, I really do want to go to the next one. Um, if it's not, you know, in Absolutely. Thailand or something crazy, you'll, you'll be one of the first to know. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited. Um, well, is, I don't know if bare knuckle is legal in Missouri. I don't know if it is, but if they ever come to Missouri, I'll yeah. be there for sure. Yeah, they keep on uh, opening up states, so like it'll sure it'll happen. That would be epic. I would I would cover every event if they did it here. I would. I'd be at every single one. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Um, cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on today, even though your voice was, you know. Uh, but hey, I my voice is kind of I'm struggling here too. I mean, I my allergies are bad, so I appreciate you toughing it out with me today. <laughs> no, it's always a pleasure. I'll, I'll never uh, never say no. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it again. You coming on? Is there any shout outs you want to make or anything else you want to say before we hop off here? Um, I think of you know just like you know always gotta show love to my team. Uh, you know, proud of my boys, uh, you know, D, Pedro, Isaac, and Ruben. They all fought their hats, uh, hearts out last night, made Papa proud. I was uh, I was definitely a proud coach last night. Uh, yeah, part of the reason why I'm hungover and <laughs> hungover and having, having my scratchy voice right now. Uh, but, yeah, I love those guys. Like, yeah, they really did a really did an amazing job. So I just want to make sure that they get their shout. Um, yeah, we had, I, I, two of them hit 4-0, one of them made their debut. And like, even, like I said, even the one, uh, even my fighter that like, you know, um, yeah, didn't come away with the W that night. And he did an amazing job. You know, it made me super proud to be his coach. Um, yeah. So I know he, I know he, he became a better fighter just from that fight. So uh, 
I'm looking to for, forward to seeing uh, seeing how he recovers from it and how how he pushes forward. Like you know, that's that's one of the big signs of a fighter is how you take an L and come back. Absolutely, that's awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. Uh, I will let you get back to your Sunday. Are you training today? Or are you taking it Absolutely. easy? Absolutely, you're, 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 you're a uh, monster. It's a Sunday, fun day, open mat. So, awesome. we're gonna be beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> well, that sounds fun. Well, I appreciate you. Congratulations again, and new. <laughs> and new. Now, now I got to change. Now, now it's gonna be and still. Exactly. Yeah. Now I gotta. I gotta practice that one now. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you again. I'm super excited for you. Super excited to see your next fight. Um, always great chatting with you. I enjoy it every time. Uh, and we'll do it again soon. Yeah. And still, that's going to be the next one. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'll let you get back to your day. You have a good one. All right. You too.